ground control to a major seventh? It's time for Cool Weird Awesome. Welcome back to Cool Weird Awesome, the show that's high up above it all. I'm Brady. It's Friday, November 13th. It was on this day in 2005 that Paul McCartney played a concert for thousands of fans in the United States and two people aboard the International Space Station. The live performance Beamed Into Space came about after McCartney learned that NASA had used the Beatles song Good Day Sunshine as a wake-up call for the astronauts a few months earlier. And the wake-up call has been a part of space exploration for nearly as long as humans have been up in space. It all started during the Gemini 6 mission in 1965. Wally Shira and Tom Stafford woke up to a version of Hello Dolly, as sung by Jack Jones. And from then on, music was a part of the mornings for those orbiting the Earth. Astronauts move through all the time zones while they're up there, but in most cases, morning on a space station is also morning at mission control on the ground. And the capsule commander of the mission, the Capcom, is the person in charge of choosing the music, though they often get plenty of suggestions from astronauts' families, friends, and colleagues just to find out what music they like. Patriotic songs are common, so are space-themed ones like David Bowie's Space Odyssey or Rocket Man by Elton John. Louis Armstrong's iconic version of What a Wonderful World took on a new meaning when NASA played that song during one mission. And then sometimes things get silly. In 2001, shuttle mission STS-69 woke up to Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. And Sally Ride, the first American woman in space, used her turn as a capsule commander to play a clip from the Muppets' Pigs in Space sketch for the humans way up there. There's no indication that this tradition is going to stop anytime soon, but maybe they could expand out a little and add a few podcasts in for astronauts to hear, too. I know a good one. You can learn more about how NASA wakes its astronauts up with songs at CoolWeirdAwesome.com and on Twitter at CoolWeirdPod. And coming up, we embark on a five-year quest to explore strange new worlds to... Well, you get the idea. That's coming up. Would you like more Cool Weird Awesome? Like bonuses, extras, and insider info? Then join us as a backer on Patreon... We're offering backers extra episodes, sneak previews, and the chance to add their own messages to the show. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash Brady Carlson. And thanks. Well, if you haven't had a chance this week to catch up on our episodes, how about taking a moment now to get that done? It only takes a few minutes and you're going to learn so much. Television has been widescreen for a few years now, but a lot of classic shows still air in the old format. An illustrator in California, Nick Acosta, decided to fix that, kind of. He's created screenshots of scenes from the original Star Trek series in widescreen format so that you can see what the show would look like if it were made today, which is several hundred years before when it happens. I'm Brady, a head warp factor, whatever. Thanks for listening and come back again next week for more Cool Weird Awesome. (laughs) 